Claude Monet and the Fabulous Pond Claude Monet was not only the father of Impressionism, he was also he also was an agent of innovation, first within this community, then at a national and eventually at an international level. But most of all, he was an artist of the fin du siècle, the end of the nineteenth century, in Paris, France. His legacy as an artist, therefore, extended far beyond his fabulous pond at Giverny. Monet's career spanned from the mid-nineteenth century beyond the turn of the twentieth century until the very end. He passed away in 1926 and was still painting right up to the end of his life. He created a tremendous amount of works between the 1880s and 1890s, at a time when many intellectual and mechanical advances were revolutionizing the way human beings interacted with one another. Paris of the fin du siècle was buzzing with new sounds, new lights, and new technologies. It was during those years that airplanes were perfected, first as dirigibles, then to single-powered, single-engine powered aircrafts. The automobile, or the band's patent mo motor wagon, was also developed in Germany during this period of time. Other technologies of war, such as submarines and weapons, were also developed during this time, as well as batteries, new photographic cells, electrodes, the first electromagnetic waves emissions, precursors to the radio. The light goes on, telephones, steel frames of skyscrapers, the first movies, to name only a fraction. In the literary world, Nietzsche wrote, Thus spake Zarathustra. Zarathustra. The fin du siècle was the end of an era where religion had dominated and the beginning of secularism. Secular schools, or l'école laïque, were made universal in France during this time. In the art world, the school of Impressionism was well established. It had acquired, by the end of the 18, 1880s, a a familiarity in the art world of France. The Impressionists no longer shocked the artistic world. This pressure paired with the rise of a more analytical strain of Impressionism, championed by Georges Seurat and Pizarro, gave Monet a reassertion of his feelings towards his paintings. It was with this renewed vigor that Monet diligently painted his famous artwork. Monet kept a distance from the busy Parisian life and had an often expressed disdain of politics. However, he kept informed of all the news and read magazines and newspapers regularly. Although the Impressionists, although the Impressionist was very much an active and well-known figure in the art world of his time, 
He preferred the more quiet life of Giverny. He felt close to nature and wanted to represent it emotionally. In 1886, Monet painted nature only. In his paintings, there appear no houses, no people, no traces of civilization. What distinguishes Monet <clears throat> still today, what makes him absolutely unique, is the way in which he saw and treated nature. This particular treatment, especially remarkable in his work of the late 19th century, remain and are to always remain unique. But what was it that made Monet's treatment of his subjects so special? After all, John Turner possessed the same control of color and mood. Paul Gauguin and Vincent van Gogh were producing paintings that were just as masterly composed. Monet, however, had something different, something that to this day still enchants viewers as they encounter images of the dreamy nénuphar, his haystacks, the beach scenes at Veteuil, or the, of the Rouen Cathedral. The basement of l'orangerie in Paris, where his series of water lilies entitled Nymphea, painted from 1918 to 1926, are now exhibited, draws hundreds of thousands of visitors every year. Because not everybody can afford in their lifetime to go to France to see them in person, they are available to see virtually on the museum's website even in the digital format when viewed on a computer screen, they still convey their magic and power. The brush strokes are not easy to see, but the overall feeling can still be experienced. This is because of Monet's understanding of instantaneity. In order to create instantaneity, almost inexplicably, somewhat magically, Monet played with three elements light, paint, and nature to create his works. He could not separate one from the other. In a letter to Gustave Geoffroy, Monet wrote, <clears throat> I am grinding away, bent on a series of different effects, but at this time of year the sun goes down so quickly that I cannot keep up with it. I am becoming a very slow worker, which depresses me, but the further I go, the more I understand that it is imperative to work a great deal to achieve what I seek, instantaneity, above all, the same light present everywhere, and more than ever, easy things that come in a single stroke disgust me. In the end, I am excited by the need to render what I feel and vow to live on, not too unproductively, because it seems to me that I will make progress." Here we see him setting challenges for himself all the time. He painted the Cathedral of Rouen in series, always the, at the same time of the day. He mapped the differences in color. Then he watched and studied big haystacks in the fields and painted them at various moments of the day and painted the effects of the light on them. He went to the beach and painted rock formations by the sea. His loyalties... <coughs> 
were first to his art, then came all the rest, his dear family and friends, his country, the school of Impressionism, which he passionately protected. A survey of Claude Manet's career would be too exhaustive, as Manet produced more than 500 drawings, 2,000 paintings, and 3,100 letters. The period between 1878 to the late 1890s was very fruitful and of particular interest because it is during this period that we can appreciate Monet, the industrious and prolific worker. In 1878, Monet moved to the small town of Viteuil, where he stayed until 1883. That same year, he moved to the famous Giverny house, where he painted the world-renowned water lilies and where he died in 1926. He started this series in 1889 and continued painting them until his death. Here they are in an early apparition. And here is the pond again in a later iteration. As one can clearly see, nature was central to Monet's life not only by his treatment of the subject, but also by the format he chose. Some of his later paintings measured... ...200 by 1,275 centimeters. Money needed to be close to nature. He was an avid gardener. He wanted to live away from the stuffy salon of Paris while still being able to access Paris easily by train. Another series Monet did in the 1890s was his Poplar series. In this series of 24 paintings, Monet asserted his nationalist pride. Poplars are loved, and are, are loved by the French people and represent the nation's consciousness. At Giverny, he also painted the Haystack series. In this series, Monet set out to study the varying effects of the sunlight on the mounds of hay. Monet wanted to react to nature rather than control it. The title of the paintings of the Haystacks speak to Monet speaks <coughs> to Monet's careful dedication to color and light, he recorded the time of the year and the time of the day. His obsession with color was perhaps better expressed in this exchange between Monet and Georges Clemenceau, France's president, the president du Conseil des ministres, which Clemenceau recalled this much later, after Monet's passing. In this letter, he had been bemoaning the fact that he could not see with the same eye as Monet, and Monet replied, You cannot know how close you are to the truth. What you describe is the obsession, the joy, the torment of my days, to the point that one day, when I was at the deathbed of a lady who had been and still was dear to me, I found myself staring at the tragic countenance automatically trying to identify the sequence, the proportions of light and shade in the colors that death had imposed on the immobile face. Shades of blue, yellow, gray, and I don't know what. That's what I had become. 
it would have been perfectly natural to have wanted to portray the last sight of one who was to leave us forever. But even before the thought occurred to memorize the face that meant so much to me, my first involuntary reflex was to tremble at the shock of the colors. In spite of myself, my reflexes drew me into the unconscious operation that is but the daily order of my life. Pity me, my friend. This lady had been his deceased wife, Camille. She appears almost floating in, in cloud-like sheets. Artists everywhere will understand the feeling Monet described. As artists, we all feel ourselves compulsively attracted to an activity which cannot be explained, whether it is the attraction to slick paints, to a specific texture or process, the person disappears and surrenders to that particular folly of the moment. This abandonment is necessary, and it is in this second state, ce second état, that artists will create their most powerful work. One cannot say when or why it is this way. It just is. Monet was perhaps scared by his behavior and to a certain extent repelled by it. Perhaps Monet was trying to capture something of his deceased wife, which he wanted to keep forever, to ease the sadness of losing her. This was a woman he loved, and so he painted her just like he would have painted nature, with all his heart and soul. Monet lived in an age where secularism, mechanization, industrialization, where the rise of science and reason dominated over the world of emotion, while many of his colleagues were responding to this movement by depicting works that appealed to this violence against nature and emotion, Monet chose the introspective world of nature and spirituality. Monet was a dedicated painter, true to the job of painting, and he was loyal to his heart by painting what he loved most, his garden and his pond. It is the essence of his mind, and at the same time, this passion for nature that we can now witness, feel, sense, and experience. Had he not spent all this time studying, all this time thinking, rethinking the colors, conversing with nature, repositional, repositioning his canvas, willing it outside, we would not have these paintings. By keeping his colors moving and varied, by using a variety of marks, by working the compositions influenced by Japonism, yes, but also by his interior calm, Monet gave the world a place of contemplation. We see but also hear the wind through the leaves of the sleeping willow. Can we not sense the murky waters underneath the lily pads? Because of his passion and his fidelity to his marks on the canvas, the fabulous pond, as he experienced it, was immortalized.
we will always be able to imagine ourselves sitting there and thinking all the thoughts that we think about life and the universe. One can almost imagine the beginnings of life as well as the eternity of life in the quietude of this living planet.